how he went from undrafted to captain starting linebacker of the Houston Texans. What kept him resilient when he bounced around from league to league to league? How to be simultaneously confident and humble. How to be gritty but still give yourself grace. How to optimize your nutrition, how to optimize your breathing, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 427 with former NFL linebacker and captain for the Houston Texans and host of the Chasing Edges podcast, Brian Peters. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals get closer to the best version of themselves because when they do, they are better off, their friends, family, and the world are better off because of it. One way that we do this is through the 10-week transformation where we help people build the healthy habits and transform their self-confidence, their body, and their life. If you're interested in building self-confidence and healthy habits, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. Today, I am pumped to bring you an absolutely savage human, Brian Peters. Brian is a former NFL linebacker and captain for the Houston Texans and host of the Chasing Edges podcast. He specializes in strength training, breath work, recovery methodologies, mental fortitude, and leadership. He's coached and developed programming for NFL, NHL, MLB, NCAA, and Olympic athletes. Brian is a former professional athlete, and he played professional football for nine years, and he was a captain at every single level of the sport. He played for the Houston Texans, Minnesota Vikings, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, as well as teams in the XFL, UFL, and AFL. Before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and be sure you share the episode with a friend while you're listening. Just send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Brian Peters. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I'm really excited today to be joined by the one and only Brian Peters. I just want to start off by saying, Brian, thanks so much for spending the time with me here during your uh, hellacious day. Appreciate you joining me this afternoon. Easy, man. I'm uh, excited to chop it up. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's going to be a blast. So the way I kind of want to start today, Brian, is you know you spent a lot of time early on in your career after you graduated from Northwestern and you didn't get drafted, bouncing around from league to league to league, from the XFL, UFL, AFL, and finally got to the Vikings at age 26 and then spent some time with, with some different teams, maybe most notably with uh, the Texans and were even was even a captain on your NFL teams as well. And now you're at the point where you're, are you still trying to get back in the NFL? Uh, not really right now. If it's it really something right crazy, okay. if, it, if it breaks, it'd be like yeah. some crazy long snapping scenario. But uh, no, I think the linebacker days have sailed. Okay. Okay. Well, during this time when, you know, you had so much time back and forth and into this league, out of this league, and a lot of different agent scenarios as well. What kept you so like resilient that this is something that I'm bound to do no matter what? Like I'm not going to go plan B too early. What what kept you so resilient and on track with trying to fulfill this mission? 
Yeah, I, I, there's a couple things that showed up. And the more I look back and resonate on it, it the initial thing was like, I got, I didn't get a call on draft day. I thought I'd be in a position to get drafted later uh, at minimum, get a free agent contract, undrafted free agent contract. And that was my first kind of experience of learning about setting my own expectations. <laughs> but uh, I was lucky enough, some coaches negotiated for me to get into some rookie mini camps on a tryout basis. So you got to go to the rookie mini camp with all the drafted players and the, the undrafted free and send contract and you got to take somebody's contract. But they're like stacking up against the draft picks and other guys in my position where I thought I outperformed or performed just as well. I kind of got it locked in that I knew I could play. And like, that's what kept me going through all the stuff is like, I, I got to get another chance. I got to get another chance. And I slowly learned that like, that most of it was inside of my control. Like I can't open doors, but I can find good people to knock or like I can hopefully make enough noise that they open the door or something along those lines. I was lucky enough that a, a few opportunities opened up where like I, my agent sent me out to the arena football league and I thought I was already on the team. It was a 13 man tryout for two spots ended up making the team out there. So that went right. And then after that season was over, which was like a summertime league, I tried out for the UFL, got a workout, uh, made the team, but got cut. So I got cut from the league I didn't want to be in, but like I always knew I could play. And that was probably the that was probably the hardest point in my career is getting cut from the UFL. Cause I legit thought my career was over. I didn't want to go back. Like I was working like three different jobs in Chicago at the time just to keep the lights on to keep the dream alive. And I kind of had this like last chance where it's like I, I could have folded right there, but that I was like, I need to reach out to every NFL team and every CFL team because my agent had kind of been, been avoiding the CFL at the time and was lucky enough to have the only team respond was Saskatchewan Rough Riders from like a personal email from me. But it was just that drive to like get the opportunity because I, I felt that I had earned it. And I was going to do anything inside of my control to get the opportunity if need be. And if uh, it came, a lot of those things came with agent switches and controlling what I could. I can't control the coaches that see me, but I can control the person knocking on the door and or the like people that have the right connections and things like that. So I was just always solving problems, but moving in that general direction of like, this is the goal. If it's <laughs> unsuccessful at first, like there's got to be another way because I know I can stack up it. And I understood that like it has to be the right eyes at the right time. And and then in the meantime, like I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm gonna like yeah. do whatever I can to get better and better and hone my skill. And at the time, like I have my own podcast now called Chasing Edges, but that's in my head where I developed chasing edges, like, oh, I need another edge. So I started like I'm chasing edges everywhere. I'm learning how to get like dial in my sleep. Uh, I have this awesome doctor in Columbus, Ohio, Dr. Eric Serrano, where He's teaching me how to supplement. He's teaching me um, how to train properly. And so I'm gaining weight and I'm getting faster. So like all this momentum's going in the right direction, despite the failures, despite playing in leagues I didn't want to play in at the time. Like, again, like my expectations were, again, probably too high. Like I always like I, I always wanted to like deserve and earn the opportunity where I was at every day, whether I was making 300 bucks or $30,000 a week, whatever it ends up being. So all that just kind of stacked up and uh, you can call it like, the aggregation of marginal gains, or you can call it just like focus and determination, whatever it ends up being. But like it, it moved in that general direction and eventually the the right opportunities opened. I was persistent enough and I controlled my effort and um, eventually the outcome worked out luckily and um, uh, kept trying to make the most of it. And like, that's kind of the, that was the driving force. And then the, the kind of like the, the rear view motivator was that I never really wanted a nine to five. Like I, I it was never kind of in my blood. So like, I think I'll always be an entrepreneur in that realm, but I don't, I don't feel like that's natural for me. 
I don't know if it's authoritarian, like authoritarian, or if it's just like structure in that realm. Like I, like I am a very curious human. Like I, I, I've spent a lot of time journaling and like kind of understanding myself to the fact where like now I know that's not for me. I need more freedom. I need the opportunity to learn and grow. I'm not going to lock into one skill set for my entire life. And, and like, that was another motivator is like, I just didn't want that life for myself. And at the time, like the, that was the only other option. I didn't have, I didn't have to solve that problem yet. Like if that was my go-to problem, I probably would have found entre like entrepreneurial ways in some way, shape or form, but it may have taken longer, but I would have solved that problem too. But anyways, long winded, long winded answer. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that was good. And there's obviously a lot in there that we could go down. But I think one of the first things just to acknowledge is one of the things that, kept you resilient was a belief in yourself and a, conf a confidence in your own ability and your own skill set that you were going to make it work and, and at some point down the road and even if it took you a little bit longer to continue to hone in on your on your skills and, and try to take advantage of opportunities, you were going to do that because you believed in yourself. So a lot of times if you know, if you're struggling to be resilient, try to find something to be confident in yourself in to, to keep you going. And I think that was that, that was a huge point to. Yeah, to, I think to that's a, yeah, not to cut you off, but like I, I think the confidence part's interesting for myself just because I wasn't always confident in my football skill, even at every level. Like you're always learning or you all there's the comparison concept and those kind of things. Like it took me a while in college to even get quote unquote confident back there. There's always like the perfectionist, like those, those kind of things that like never allowed me to like always be confident or always enjoy the process, even though I was by other people's standards successful. So the confidence thing, like even in the NFL, I, I wasn't always confident. I, I just knew for like my confidence was in the fact that like, if I get an opportunity, I think I can play in the NFL. And like, I think that was enough, but like, I don't think anybody should like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, that, this is a subjective, but like the outright confidence, like you don't have to be like that confident. There's going to be flaws and falls and all those things along the way. And just like, literally just, if you believe it enough, like it's not even confidence. It's just believe it enough. Um, hopefully you can will it to happen. And like that. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's, I think it's confidence with humility. It's like, I believe in, in my skill set now to a certain degree, but I also believe that when, deficiencies in my skill set are made aware to me. I believe that I'm going to do everything I can in my power to, you know, close that gap and, and try to solve the deficiency and make myself an improved, uh, improved in whatever skill that I currently lack. And I think that's a huge thing, right? It's like, yeah, you want to be confident in where you are now with your ability, but you also know you're not all you could be, but you have the ability to grow into that if you really work hard at it. Yeah, it's a, and I, I, I eventually found my own little phrase for that too. It was just grit and grace, where it's like, uh, like my big thing was like, yeah, I had, I had, I had this uh, teammate, Jonathan Joseph, like played 14 years plus in the league, just absolute stud human. But he just like said it so logically to me one time that I'll never forget it. Is just he goes, he's like BP, like, like, like why are you beating yourself up? Like I, I played a solid game, I played a good game, and. um he goes like if you like he goes like every like no no one plays a perfect football game no one like gives the perfect presentation like that kind of bit but then he's like if you're having a good game if you played a good game like legitimately like logically a good game and you're beating yourself up like and you're then when you have a bad game you're beating yourself up and you're beating yourself up on both ends of the spectrum like you can't win like you're just beaten and bruised and I go yeah like so I I started to, again like understand like where there's room for grace because like I had these perfectionism tendencies where like I, I wanted it 
not a, I knew a perfect game was going to happen, but like I wanted no errors or I, like X, Y, and Z. But like, um, but that was like the the I eventually like in my head like if I can't like if I can't get it, I'll I'll grit it out, and then like if I if it's not perfect, I'll I'll have some grace, and then like and it kind of turns into like the concept of like outcome detachment, where like whether mm-hmm. it was a hit or a miss on a target, or like it was a great game or a bad game, like evaluate it, understand it, and move the fuck on. Like it's just um like that's great that's my definition of grace um yeah yeah like yeah just like being understanding and like most people and myself too like like a lot of great things take time and like understanding time as a massive variable whether that's like you understand it in money or because like compound interest like there's no better motivator just to develop compound interest like that same thing works for your skill set again for your confidence if you want to go in that direction but like you can't like take massive deficits out of yourself every time you like have minor like errors or minor breaks and it took me a while to learn that but by the time i was in the nfl i'd I'd gotten closer and closer to that and in my last couple years i was great at it so yeah no i i love that that phrase too of of grit and grace because some i've teach people, I coach people to achieve like their health and fitness goals. And one of the things that I always tell people and is very common in in that space as well is people beating themselves up when they miss workouts or eat like shit. And so I always tell people when you go to hold yourself accountable, approach yourself with curiosity rather than criticism. Don't just beat yourself up for not doing it is what it is that you said. Like ask yourself, okay, why did I actually not do this? Or why did I not execute at a high level? And then come up with a, a solution so that you can better grit it out the next week. I don't use the term gritted out. Maybe I will now, but I appreciate you uh, throwing that my way. Um, but one of the things that I've honestly admired most about your story, and you touched on it a bit, but other people haven't didn't extract that from it, was how you did everything that you possibly could in your control. You took it upon yourself to send emails out to every single person that you possibly could with by even practice film if that's what you needed to do. So tell me a little bit about where you feel like you developed this what's called the internal locus of control that it, you do dictate the outcome of your life like do you feel like that's something that you've always had something that you've worked on and developed to talk, talk to us a little bit about that yeah like I fortified that over time a little bit where like the only reason they kept me in the CFL is because I hustled to the ball and like my hustle was in my control and then like i then i got around some really great humans uh, at ohio state with training with their nfl group and nate ebner's a, a good buddy of mine he played 10 years in the league in the rugby and the olympics and that kind of thing too he's a savage human but he always like made it really like he had really good wording for it where it's like if efforts the control like it's not a variable you don't have to like guess and check whether you like put in great effort or, or had oh like you like you're looking back i think a lot of life gets like your regrets go away if you know you gave max effort like if mm. you gave 100 percent effort because if you look back and but and you have to like guess like if you're gave full effort like that's where there's room for that like gray area and that doubt and that resentment to build but if you gave it, it, it like win or lose and i gave everything i had like i'm i can go to sleep with that it's the same as like a game like 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 everybody's good at football, especially in pro football and that kind of thing too, where if you understand that like if you can make the effort of control, life gets a lot easier. I think the I think a lot of people are scared of max effort and like giving max effort because like that's they're flirting with the potential like and then you're getting out of your little comfort zone and you're um, getting out of the certainty that's going to happen in your brain. Like that's why humans develop routines is so that we know what's coming next. Like our body and our physiology re- reacts through routine. Like 
whether you work out at a certain time, like your body's going to like be ready for that. Like same with like sunlight in the morning and things like that. Like our body craves certainty and our, like our, and then like our, like our physiology craves the couch because like there's in the past there's been, I'm going on rant now, but like that food, water and shelter, like weren't promised to us. So like whenever we got all those things, we're supposed to enjoy sitting still and saving up energy for the next, uh, hunt or shelter builder and all those things. So like, you got to understand like what you're fighting and then what, and what in that fights in your control. And so the simplest thing for me was the max effort thing. And so if I got all this effort and I, and I uh, hustled to the ball, like it opened doors. And so through like kind of Nate's wordage and like my mindset, like it made the most sense to me. I was able to live with more of my decisions and my actions and my goals. If I gave all, all the effort so that my regret went away. Cause I found a lot of times when I was kind of kicking myself or I wasn't motivated or things like that. I was living in the past and I was like, Oh, I should have done that. I should have done this. And like, yeah, like, but like, I, I never had to worry about effort and a lot of that went away. So anyways, like that's kind of the mental structure that got me there. If that answers your question. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's just, you know, relying on the confidence that you get from yourself being the fact that, you know, you're going to bring effort, like, and it'll get you so much further and, and it will, largely control the outcomes of your life right like if you if and it will ensure that you eliminate potential regret down the road yeah i think it's cool because like it it marries you it marries you up really closely to commitment like if Mm. like in order to like have a great workout like i gotta commit and get like if i'm gonna give max effort i gotta commit to that and like that the power of intention is like one of my favorite things right now because like and I I love Jordan Peterson, like one of his bits is like, like, if you want a meaningful life, everything's meaningful, absolutely everything. And so like I coach breath work. So I want every breath to you to be important. But now like, like you, uh, I mean, you like if you coach in the weight room, like if you focus your attention on the muscle that's contracting versus like trying to move the weight, like hypertrophy, there's a study that shows like hypertrophy, like bumps up like 15%. Like then same with the breathing, like every breath can help or hurt you. And then like, now what else can I attach intention to? Like, what words do I choose? Like, how do I speak to my parents? Like X, Y, and Z doesn't matter. But like, if everything's meaningful, if everything has intention, like life gets pretty damn cool. And like, so, and with intention, gratitude marries to it. So I start to like chain link all these great like values and these habits together. And like, now it's like life, again, like, it's it makes it easier to build a life that I want to live right now. So it just makes sense where like, okay, like I'm gonna no matter what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give max effort, whether it's my relationship, whether it's the weight room, whether it's learning and studying. And then like so now I'm committed because I know when I sit down to study, like I'm gonna like go all in. And then yeah. now like now, like okay, so like I committed to that. Like what else can be that like committing or intentional? So it just like I just try and make things to myself as tangible as possible. And so like like in, in those same scenarios, like with intention, like I change masks, like I go from the student to the warrior and, and like in the weight room. Sometimes if I'm like, actually, like it's stupid, but like if, if I'm actually like struggling to like get ready for the weight room, like I'll literally like put my mask on, like I'll, I'll swipe my hand over my face. It's stupid, but it's, it works for me. And like, uh, yeah. yeah. So like the more mental skills and like more like brain I can tangibilize. I always try and do that so that I can now like, and I use like quotes as like logic landmarks for myself where like, okay, like I'm like, I'm doubtful of myself or I'm scared here. Like, okay, like insert this quote, like that, that makes sense. Like they're all my little philosophers around my shoulder. 
And so I just try and tangibilize things that way. That's great. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Jordan Peterson guy myself. If your life is going to be meaningful, make everything meaningful. Meaningful, and you talked about intention, and I think a lot of people maybe feel like what they do on a day to day basis lacks meaning or they lack purpose in their life. It's because you're not even giving purpose to anything that you're doing, and you're just living with a lack of intention. So if you feel like you're lacking motivation, it's probably because you're not doing things very intentionally, and you're just probably kind of like moving throughout space aimlessly. And so you got to have an intention. You got to know where the hell it is that you're trying to go. But with that kind of with that kind of said, we we've talked about how you bounced around a lot, and I think that one of the things that is often most difficult for a lot of us is we have kind of a goal that we know we're moving towards, and we feel like we're moving down that path, and we're taking that strategy that we've defined to move down that path, and then something that throws us off of it. And sometimes when that happens. We're upset in the moment because we feel like it throw, throws us off the path, but maybe it actually puts us on the path that we want to be on. But it's hard to realize that in the moment that it's happening. So talk a little bit to the point of needing to be kind of malleable and flexible when maybe things don't go quite as you planned it, but maybe it needs to be the exact thing that happened. Yeah, like like adaptability is massive. Like that's what like everybody that's looking for a coach wants to like in essence like whether it's a business or an athlete or anything they want to be more adaptable or durable or whatever it ends up being. And that makes sense. Like cuz again like you can like I if you look at it from like a macro level just like systems. And so if I'm looking like so I'm putting a, a workout program together, let's give an example. On paper and the research everything backs up. It, it my I think my program's perfect. I put it into an environment where Again, like I have 50 athletes, maybe I have five athletes, whatever. They're going to range in mobility that you're basically putting this like structured thing into like a multivariable environment where everybody's going to react differently to it. So like Mm. life's kind of like that, where like it doesn't matter how like aligned things you have in your head when you get around other humans, when you get around like maybe it rains like and, and like that kills your plans or like or. Uh, or you get hurt and like you're uh, you're an athlete or you're some that like values movement and things like that. Like that can't break your structure. You need to be adaptable. And so like in that realm, like if you look at it from like a life standpoint, like another Jordan Peterson bit is like, yeah, like go, you have to shoot the gun. Like I, I, I'm a believer that like you can't sit around and like make the perfect plan and go can't sit around and set all these goals and not do anything like like even if or like or procrastinate and whatever it all just builds up in in general but like you gotta like you gotta take shots like you gotta hear the gun go off and so eventually like like if if somebody's struggling to go like down one path in general it sounds like you're talking more about deviation but i don't think deviation is a bad thing like as long as you like i like my my remedy for this if we're talking about myself is journaling what am i doing why am i doing it how do I feel? Why do I feel that way? I track my hours of sleep. I track my workouts. And like, so I have a bunch of variables. Like, so if you don't measure something, you can't manage it. And so like, if you don't know where your thoughts are and where your desires and urges are, you won't even know why you deviated. And then like life can become mindless in that category where it's like, I don't know why I sat on the couch and watched four episodes of Netflix. Well, like I, I wasn't even looking at the path. Like, so like, it's just like, you have to be very, again, very intentional on all these things. And like understand like again like every goal you set like i always like my favorite humans naval ravikant his definition of desire is really cool is like def- uh, desires a contract with yourself to be unhappy until you get this thing i don't think people even like before they even set goals i think they should think that through because if i'm setting a goal like 
I'm not just setting a goal and creating steps to get there. Like I'm picking up stress along the way. Like if I, mm. I want that car, like, okay, well I have to make these payments. What do those payments mean? That means I got to work X, X amount of more hours. I got to save money and be frugal. Does, like people don't think it logically. So I always try and throw that in front of there. So, but like, if you do deviate from the path, like I, like, I mean, I'm also like a human. I want to do everything once or twice, you know? So like, I don't, don't be scared of deviation, but like understand why you're deviating. And like, mm. I track my thoughts and I track like my physiology. So I know where I'm at, why I'm there. If I'm agitated, why I'm agitated. And like, I think just self, self observation is powerful in, in that realm. But like, that's like, but just also know it's like, it's almost another grit and grace concept where like, you got to have grace when you like, when you fall off the path and yeah. but like, just know why you fell off and, and then either get back on or just like, blaze a trail through the woods i don't know you know no i love it what um what was the name of the guy that you said is your favorite human oh naval ravikant i just love hearing him speak um he, he he has a he has a killer podcast on rogan a couple years ago and then this guy actually wrote a book about him it's called the almanac of naval ravikant and so the guy like so he, he's he's a fun follow on twitter too just really insightful he like uses Twitter to like literally simplify his thoughts and like put really powerful things into like one or two lines. But this guy put together a book based on his tweets and podcasts and some of his keynote speeches. And he it, it, he has like a really logical approach to life. And it makes sense to me where like like everybody wants to be like wealthy, healthy and happy. And like you can go off like this is another logic landmark for me where like Jim Carrey's quote where like like you can fail what you're good at, but like, or like money's not going to solve your problems kind of deal. Like Naval like gives you, and he's like this massively wealthy angel investor and all these things because, but let's get everybody wealthy because it's a system that can be played. If, if played the right way, everybody can be wealthy. Like, like money's not incredibly finite in that mm -hmm. realm. So he goes, let's get everybody wealthy and they'll figure out it's not the right answer. So we'll get them healthy and happy. And he like, mm. gives really easy logic on like how to set up your diet, like how to approach happiness. Like, is it even happy? Should you even identify with happiness? That kind of thing. And like, are you really looking for happiness? Or are you really looking for peace? And mm. so he puts together like a lot of really, you'll, you'll hear like, you'll hear like the Buddhism and the philosophy and how he speaks and that kind of thing. But it's just a really, really, uh, insightful human he he makes me think and so i uh i i track him when he when he's on podcasts and stuff he's on yeah he's been on, he's been on tim ferris twice too um cool. and then he's a massive crypto human as well yeah i will uh i'm definitely gonna check him out that's for sure um i want to get kind of get down to some of the physical and physiological stuff with you you know you talked about how right now you're gaining muscle and and i think you said gaining weight and you're faster and stronger and everything like that and i know that kind of back in the playing days as well, when you had uh, a surgery on your jaw, you said you came back putting on 20 pounds, but you were able to run faster and jump higher. Talk to us about some of the like training principles and you know other body optimization principles that you've been applying that have allowed you to make these sorts of physiological changes you know for, like i said from a training standpoint maybe a nutrition standpoint breathing standpoint i know you can yeah. kind of talk uh talk to each of those so We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. 
<laughs> and I joined the 10 week program to get back in shape after quarantine. <laughs> well, I've lost like 10 pounds, um, just like got a little more structure in my life a little bit. The best part of the program for me has just been having a set time to go to the gym and get in shape and like do it. You should join Nick's 10 week program. Yeah, and uh, like that, like all that is like, like it's like you can, I mean, you can break it down to macros and micros and right. all those, all those kind of things. But like at the end of the day, like, it, like you can massively simplify it and it's like, okay, like where should my food come from? It probably should be like single ingredient foods and that kind of thing. But it now becomes like a quantity thing. But like back then, like I had no relationship with consuming fat. And so the, one of the first things I did is started uh, increasing my fat in my diet, like my good healthy fat, where it's like avocados, coconut oil, uh, pouring extra virgin olive oil on everything. It's like that kind of thing. I eliminated turkey and uh, chicken and those kind of things. And because I didn't know what fat was doing in my body. And it was that, like the reason why like higher fats and ketos and like fish oils are good for your joints and your brain because like they're made of fat. And like if you give enough consistent in, like input of that fat, the fat so cells shrink in size to to handle the influx they don't multiply if you take if you're taking in shitty fat so it's just like simple things like that compounded really quick and i and i, I was just i treated myself like a, a guinea pig i was an experiment constantly i like i've i've done a, a bunch of diets i went like medicinal keto um read the ketogenic bible it kind of triggered that but then uh i did like i didn't really do like the diet variant off of that that i did was kind of it was more carnivore i was eating almost like four pounds of meat a day then i then i i've dabbled in the monotrophic diet i've done all the fastings and those kind of things and eventually like, i found something that worked for me because like i think people get kind of defensive about their diets um i think it's like a variant of religion for everybody everybody it's part of their identity like oh my yeah. this diet's best those kind of things so i don't try and like hey do this like no like find out what works for you get blood work to support it that's one big thing my doctor taught me like a after i got uh jumped is my jaw was me getting jumped by some bouncers um for me being dumb and that kind of thing but like i learned how to track my blood work i, I learned when i was overtraining um because that effort thing can bite you in the ass too if you're like doing too much and like let alone the, the humans that have like a nine to five and they're and they're training before and after like and they they feel burnt out and they're reaching for the stimulants constantly whatever it ends up being like you need to know where your blood works at you know where your hormones are at you need to know like i mean you can go lipid panel you can go micronutrients you can like you can do food allergies like i i found all these things along the way and they like guided me towards like a great diet for myself and then like through feel which is like i think everybody should try things and like kind of just like oh like and everybody like get if you're trying a new diet like got to give it like two committed weeks like your body doesn't even react like immediately to most diets so like your body needs to understand the input like same thing as we were talking about earlier like your body's going to react to consistent input whether it's working out sunlight whatever ends up being like so understand your physiology and give yourself some grace but like and you, that, that's why you can't have that like i want it now i want it now mindset so I kind of hone my diet. It's it's definitely higher fat, protein, clean, like everything's clean, clean vegetables. My carbohydrates are relatively clean. Um, I've gone in, like uh, I haven't seen too much of a drop off. I've done some of Corey Gregory's uh, anabolic fasting where it's basically two higher fat meals. Um, and then at night you do your carb spike and like, so you get the insulin mm. spike and you get tired, but you also have like your glycogen stores for if you're a morning workout person and those kind of things. And I, I, I like that too. So I can eat a bunch of carbs at night and I or I can eat like shitty food if I want to 
things like that. So all that stuff kind of just through trial and error, I found what worked for me, especially like if I'm in a high performance mindset, like uh, NFL stuff. But like, I also believe that everybody should like try and optimize themselves. Like what? Like, I don't want to like wake up and punch the card. It's back to that nine to five mindset. Like I don't want to wake up and I, I hate the word normal too. I think it's mean, but I don't want to be normal in that essence. I want to like, earn that uh, arena. Like I want to wake up and get the most out of myself and the most out of my life and experience and that kind of thing. So, I mean, you can break it down again and make it even more simple and tangible. Like, I think it's like seven years, like almost every cell in your body turns over and like what yeah. builds your cells is the food and the water and everything you put into yourself. So like you can literally be a completely new human. Like I, like I've, I've put some pretty big humans on like very simple diets and like got them nasal breathing and in the sauna and they've lost massive amounts of weight. Like it's not crazy. So like, but you have to, again, time, consistency, those things. But anyways, uh, not to rant too much on diet, but then like I've through my blood work, I found supplements. I found what supplements I needed, what optimized my hormones, like those kind of things. Like, like I've been deficient in, on and off in everything, particularly vitamin D. So I understood you can't just take vitamin D, you need K2 with it. And all these little building blocks that like built up my ability to optimally perform and maintain great testosterone levels and things like that. So the supplements and then understanding muscle recovery in that realm, like when to take them, how much to take. I just experimented with everything and see, saw what I could get get away with and what, what didn't work and uh, what caused stomach issues or X, Y, and Z. But, and then the training world, it's just, I was kind of a product of different systems and I was lucky enough to be exposed early to a system, different variants of like time under tension training, as well as like explosive athletic barefoot movements. Um, right before I went to uh, college and then got into the college routine, which is more at the time was more like Olympic weightlifting and that kind of thing. And, I, and that wasn't optimizing me and I wasn't in tune enough. I was trying to live the college life and do all those things. And I was even though I was giving max effort in that, like it just wasn't for me or I needed to do more adapt. And so I, I think everybody needs to find the right workout regimen that works for them. Understand like you do need some level of cardio. I, I believe across the board, but besides the point, like, it's just, I don't, I don't want to get into like specific exercise and those kind of things, yeah. but like, I think everybody should train like their, their lats and legs and like life gets a little easier. Like keep your mobility, like walk barefoot, like very simple things can remedy low back issues and things, all the, all these awesome things, because like, it's like basically like regress to nature. Like how close can I get to being like in nature, be natural, be primal. And you'll see your physiology follow suit. And I go down all these rabbit holes, but it's like, okay, what was the first misstep by humans? I like guess some can argue fire, like with chewing food and uh, jaw structure and respiratory patterns and things like that. But like I say shoes, like shoes, like elevated heels, like lack of feel in the feet, like lack of cerebellum activity, whatever it ends up being, ankle mobility, all those things follow suit. Then we, then we got chairs and furniture and all these other problems and cars and like a lot of these things inhibit our optimal performance, our op optimal respiratory patterns and things like that. And so like same with light and electricity and the angle of the light and all these things stack up into like how your body down regulates and up regulates in the morning and at night. And it's just, it's a lot of simple things stacked together. So like I try and again, be primal in my understanding, cause like that makes logical sense. And then like the more I've learned, like every human ha has like the the built-in drive to react to sympathetic to their sympathetic nervous system. They, we for our survival, like we need to 
know how to get into fight and flight really fast or we're dead. Like everybody mm-hmm. knows how to do that. And like kind of my own little thesis now is that like, we like nobody knows how to downregulate. So like, obviously I coach breathing and how to downregulate and that kind of thing. But like, I think truly, and like we have science on this now, which is disgusting that we have to like give people science on why they should go outside and be in nature. But like, I think being in nature was our, that like our environment was our natural downregulator. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to worry about predators back in the day, but like, like literally stress, anxiety, like things like that go away with short exposures to nature um, over time and that kind of thing. So it keeps us more uh, peripheral, like panoramic view of our eyes, like, like understand your physiology. If I'm staring at you, if I'm staring at my phone, if I'm staring at a screen, like that has sympathetic tones to it. So like, okay, like I'm stressing myself out with my vision. I'm a mouth breather. I'm stressing myself out with my mouth. I'm a shallow breather. I'm stressing myself out. I'm short circuiting my oxygen absorption. I'm doing all these things that aren't primal, like that aren't in tune with nature. Like I'm not outside. I'm vitamin D deficient, which is basically a hormone now in the understanding of the research. So, okay. Like, am I getting outside or am I just getting light through the glass? Not the same. Your, Your eyes don't register it the same. Like, am I getting it on my skin? Do I have clothes on when I go outside? Like, or how much skin real estate's really showing? Like, what color is my skin? Like, like if if I'm darker, like, and I'm living up north, like, chances are I'm vitamin D deficient. And my body's not, not not optimizing. So, all those little things and all those little stuff, like Docs taught me taught me how to train. I spent a lot of time doing very simple movements and different patterns of re- like higher volume repetition, different firing patterns where like my posterior chains firing together, like my glutes firing with my toes, like my glute hamstring calf are firing together in isometric patterns. A lot of pull-ups, a lot of weighted pull-ups, a lot of high volume pull-ups, like different grips, like those kind of things using towels. It doesn't matter. But like I got really, I think I saw a lot of my progress through that connective strength development and like uh, unilateral movement as well. Like I, I always squatted. I'll never not squat, but, and then the lat development, understanding how to transition power from the legs and the upper body, like the lat is massive in that category. So if anybody wanted mm-hmm. nuggets from like the strength world, like do that kind of stuff. But, um, what was the other category you wanted to go into? No, th- th- I think you, you basically, you basically hit the realm of it. I guess the one that maybe you didn't go down quite yet is breathing, but I want to just kind of touch on the things that you said, you know, there's so many different things that you talked about that we can be doing to optimize our performance. And I feel like people are listening. We're like, holy crap, that is a shit ton. Like, how can I do all of that stuff? Well, these are things that he's been experimenting with for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And so, you know, one of the takeaways that you can do is, yeah, you can sit down and go back and take notes on kind of all the different components of physiology optimization that he brought up and then like pick one to figure out what works best for you start with diet figure out what what works best for you and then move on to training and then move on to breathing and like you have time you don't have to work on everything all at once and I think to me one of the biggest takeaways from figuring out what works best for you is it requires patience you have to be patient when you experiment something because as you said things aren't going to happen just in a few days or probably not even just in a couple of weeks, right? You're going to have to figure out what works best for you after experimenting with things over a relatively prolonged extended period of time. So be patient with something, give it a try, figure out what works, make tweaks. Once you figure something out pretty well, then you can move on to something else to further optimize your physiology and biology. Yeah, it's, a, it's just simple steps. And it's like, and some of the stuff is just like awareness, like, like, you don't you don't know until you know. So like, yeah. okay, I didn't know there's like, 
my mouth breathing is short circuiting my my oxygenation. So all right, now I know to breathe through my nose. Now I can feel all right, what triggers me to mouth breathe. I put shitty food in my stomach, so like my body solves that problem with like oxygen. Like oxygen's antibacterial, antiviral, anti-inflammatory. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll learn how to balance that. I'm dry. Like the human brain's not supposed to go 80 miles per hour in a car. Maybe I mouth breathe when I drive or I watch a scary movie. It's just like little baby steps, but it's like a lot mm. of them are just like switches. Like, you know, like, oh, I didn't realize like light has that effect. Oh, I didn't realize that like I need to get outside, like things like that. It's just like, I, I think uh, like changing mental framework, like, like I, I obviously I believe in action and all, all these shapes and forms, but like, until like most people don't know. And like, like no. I, I get into an echo chamber with the breath world where like, well, you don't like, you don't, you don't know, like the, the nose doesn't do that. I'm like, okay. So like, I have always have to like dial it back. And like the first goal for everybody when I'm coaching breath and like when I'm talking about circadian rhythm, like it's literally just to simplify it to the, the, the light switch, like what, okay. Like lit, it can be simple as like nose, good mouth, bad. Okay. I can, I can, then I'll give you, I'll give you like a five paragraph essay on why, but like you need to know the switch. Yeah. No, like you said, like sometimes it just takes the knowledge about something to make that mental shift. And sometimes it doesn't really take that much time to make the mental shift, but then you just have to be aware of the different things. And yeah, I find the the breathing stuff fascinating. I had on a while back, uh, Patrick McEwen, the author of The Oxygen Advantage and and learned a lot from that book and learned a lot from him. And so it's been something that I've kind of slowly tried to gain more awareness on and, and implement a little bit. But anyways, I want to kind of get down to the last question here, Brian. Uh, this has been this has been awesome. But before I ask the last question, I just want to acknowledge you and kind of the journey that you took early on when bouncing around from league to league, having that resilience and having that confidence in your ability to make it at some point, knowing that you had flaws and deficiencies and, and lack of skill sets, but you had the confidence in your effort level and the hustle that you could compensate for those lack of skills by either gaining those skills or compensate them just because you're going to hustle to the ball and that's what kept you on a football team. And I also want to acknowledge you for doing the hard work of controlling what you could control and reaching out to so many different teams because that's something that so many people don't do because of maybe a lack of belief in themselves or fear of being rejected and, and that's something that you took ownership of and uh, obviously the board uh, you uh, got the results from that and, and I think that's that's super cool and then lastly just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you've done on experimenting on yourself and figuring out what does work for you what doesn't work for you and optimizing your physiology because that can obviously that can often be for people a, an inpatient journey that some people give up on very quickly. Um, and so for you to be able to like be persistent and, and figuring out the different things that work for you is, is really cool. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, uh, I know people are going to want to go learn more about the 957 things you do to optimize your, your physiology. So make sure you guys go follow him at Brian underscores underscore Peters 10 on Instagram. Make sure you check out his podcast, the chasing edges podcast. Um, talk to us a little bit more about, uh, where we can learn more about your business as well and, and follow you and support you. Yeah. I mean, you can reach out directly. It's probably the easiest way to do it. And then, um, uh, but like, yeah, the podcast is chasing edges. Um, but like, yeah, I'm mostly kind of active in the three dimensional world. I'll, uh, I'm still in, like, again, like I just finished up uh, pro football a couple of years ago. So like, I'm having grace that I'm in this learning phase of life. So like, um, I'm still generating confidence and like working on my, uh, my speaking skills and all those things. So, um, 
not incredibly active on social. I got some guys helping me with the podcast, but um, but that's the easiest place to get get a hold of me and understand what we're doing and uh, how we're doing it. Yeah, man, awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Well, last question here, Brian is. I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey. I don't think that we ever actually get to the best version of ourselves, And I also think it's a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of Brian Peters that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Three things to make me the best me. I think uh, one of the first ones is kind of like it's it's kind of it's the stoicism route to like meditate on death um, and just be great, grateful for as many things as you possibly can. And one of my like logic landmarks here is like the quote of the definition of hell is like your last day on the earth, like the person you are meets the person you could have been. And so you Mm. understand like that gap is frightening. And so if I can understand that, like. I have potential and there, I don't, I want that gap to be as small as possible. And I want to appreciate life enough to know what I'm capable of and know how much weight I can lift or how, how high and far I can hike or how deeply I can love any of those crazy things. Like I want to know. And cause like, again, I, I, I normal is a shitty word, but like, I, I don't want to not reach my potential or at least get close to for making myself like, uh, just nasal breathe, like in the simplest form, like breathe, breathe through your nose all day, breathe through your nose all night, tape your mouth, mouth if you have to. And that'll keep you calmer. keeps me calmer. Um, keeps my recovery scores, um, low on those kind of things. I know, know how I feel when I do and do not do that kind of thing. But like, that's something that I always remind myself and then to be the best you, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my bit grit and grace. I think in the gritty side of life, I think curiosity shows up a lot if you really want to solve a problem or you really want to be something like, like grit, grit and curiosity go really well together. Um, I see it in high performers all the time where like, they're so freaking curious to be the best. Like they're looking and chasing every edge or they're mastering the fundamentals so elitely that like nobody can touch their foundation. Nobody can beat them at this release or anything because their foundation so strong. So like, I think the curiosity, and the grit and grace concept because like grace like like again like life is messy life is imperfect life is all these things we don't we don't want it to be so like again like give it grace and give it time and as long as the effort's there and um you're going in the right direction like you're going to be a version of your best self and like just don't don't settle for anything less that's awesome those are three great things we all Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at Brian underscore Peters 10. Uh, make sure you go check out the Chasing Edges podcast because you're just going to get more great stuff like this. I love that grit and grace thing. I love your your story about you know taking hold of your own career and, and optimizing your own performance. And I know a lot of people will get a lot more from uh, learning more about you in those places. So you all make sure you go follow and listen. But Brian, that's all we got today, man. Appreciate your time. No, appreciate you having me on. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Awesome, man. Yep, be well. That was one hell of an episode. I hope you all learned a lot from Brian today and had some great takeaways. I love it when he talks about how regrets go away if you give your max effort and how max effort comes from max intention. Make sure you share this podcast with a friend or family member by just sending them to nickcarrier.com 
slash podcast. And if you enjoy that, then please leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify. That's going to be the best way that you can help support the show. And remember, the outcome of your life is more in your control than you think. So be gritty, take action, and go to work. While simultaneously remembering that there are random elements to life that are out of your control. So give yourself grace when needed, be curious, and be adaptable. But for now, it's time. It's time to bring max effort and hustle to everything that you do because on your last day on this earth, you don't want to be introduced to the person that you could have been and realize that you did not come close to your potential. So get out there, be gritty, and continue to get closer and closer to your best you.